You're listening to the Della Darling Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Dara. We're taking Dara's love of telling people's stories, Emily's love of attending events, and our mutual love of the first date, and highlighting the best people to meet, places to go, and things to do that Delaware has to offer. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited for this episode. We're actually recording the whole thing remotely with every every piece de- being done um, sort of separately and being put together, which is which is exciting and something we've done before, but we don't get to do too often. So um, I'm just excited that Dara and I have such a great episode planned out for you guys. But in a way, it kind of works that this is remotely um, because uh, one, we're featured in Delaware today this month. So everyone gets to see what the studio looks like and two we have um the empty nest nomads at our as our guest and they're all about um traveling and they're they're all over the place just like us this time yeah so i want to touch on the delaware today article so most of you probably saw on instagram twitter facebook we've been we've been posting and probably harassing everybody with the link but we're so excited to share this Um, And it's actually something that we have known was coming for about two months. We actually did our interview and photo shoot with um, Danielle, who was the writer that reached out to us and worked on the article, and then Joe Del Tufo, who shot photos for it. And we've actually both been, um, I guess, bridesmaids, or in my case, a groomsmaid for weddings he's shot. So it was kind of fun to be the brides, you know, for a photo shoot with him. Right before we recruited, right before we recorded with... um, Susan Sauter, um, and it was like one of the last snow days in Delaware. So now that it's May, it feels like it was a really long time ago. Um, but I just I have re- really good memories of that whole um, evening meeting them, and then um, it was such a fun episode that we did with at Sue Sot. Yeah, she was great. She was so open, and it was really fun to have a whole episode focused on just living in Delaware and experiencing it. Um, Sometimes I think that gets lost in the shuffle because we're always trying to share specific stories from people, which is great. But this was a fun one because we kind of just got to shoot the breeze with Susan about her favorite places, our favorite places, what it's like to be experiencing Delaware as somebody who's new um, and really loving it. So that was a great episode. And then we actually followed that up recently with an episode where Rick Hidalgo, who is the owner of RH Gallery, and he's also an artist. Um, he came on the podcast and talked all about his exhibit that he uh, curated at the Delaware Contemporary and the exhibit of his own work. And so I actually, last week was really lucky enough that I got to go to, um, he did a tour of his exhibit. So it was really cool. Um, he basically just went through each piece that was in the exhibition and sort of told you the story of how it came to be, what his feelings were when creating the piece, looking back on that experience. So it was really, um, I think, special because obviously I've met Rick before, but for those who hadn't, they were able to meet the artist and then sort of get to experience the art and understand from his perspective what it meant. That sounds so cool. And I was I was disappointed that I couldn't go, but I felt like I sort of got the inside scoop um, when we talked with him, which is, again, one of the reasons why I love doing the podcast. Um, is there something that he said on the tour um, that he didn't tell us that you were like surprised about? Maybe it was about like a piece of art or like how people were responding to it. Um, what I would say is he had one piece where, well, for those who don't know the entire exhibition of his work, everything is the color black. Um, and Rick is such a, I would say like an outgoing and bright personality. So it was such a juxtaposition to see him dressed in all black and explaining all of these kind of dark looking pieces because he's just so vibrant. Um, Mm -hmm. But he was describing one piece where he just kind of kept adding to it. And so it was more black and more and more and more. And he wasn't, I don't know, I I want to say achieving the result he was looking for. But as an artist, sometimes you don't know what you're looking for and you're discovering it. So he actually started then like sanding the piece down and taking layers off. And that's when he realized he was finding what he was trying to discover, I guess. So um, just just thinking about the process can be very iterative and it can go in different directions than you think it will. And he definitely shared that with us, but I felt like it was a very um, concrete description of it because we were talking about one specific piece and, and that that circumstance. Mm-hmm. Was it free to go on the tour? 
It was free to go on the tour. The Delaware Contemporary um, is free to the public. They have a suggested donation. So, you know, you always want to try to drop at least a few dollars in to support because you are, you know, taking advantage of the, the facilities and they have employees who are working there and we want to make sure we support that. But it was free to attend. Um, and those exhibitions have actually ended. They were for the month of April. But if you are interested in seeing any of the blackout work in person, it's going to be at Rick's studio and gallery in Hokesson. So you can go check it out there. And of course, you can contact him. He's really a super friendly guy. And I'm sure he'd love to show um, everything to anyone who would be interested. I was um, I was in Hokesson this past weekend. I was with my family and um, I drove by the gallery and I was like, I wonder if we can stop by, um, but we didn't. So I, I might have to, to check out the work um, later this month. Um, but also while I was hanging out with my family, um, we went over to Mount Cuba, fe- Mount Cuba um, for the Wildflower Festival, which also um, it's free, it was free to go. So usually um, you do have to, to pay to enter and tour the grounds. Um, but for this day, it was on a Sunday actually, um, which is kind of different because a lot of the times kind of get jammed packed. Um, with things to do on Saturday. So this was a nice little um, break to get outside and tour the grounds for free at Mount Cuba. And um, I also got to make a a wildflower seed packet. Um, So they had little stations set up where you could learn about um, like Ikebana floral arrangement. um, And then some of the the different plants and species they had on the property. And then one where you get your hands dirty. I got my hands very dirty um, where you just like grabbed a ball of dirt and could put some wildflower seeds in it. And, um, and then they put it in, it was, it was like a torn apart egg carton. And then you got to, to take that home with you and, and you could plant it somewhere. So it was, a, it was a really fun event and it was, it was free. And I got, um, I got something to take home. Yeah, which is great whenever you can sort of come up with a souvenir, especially one that is useful, um, that you can actually, you know, go plant in your own garden and do something with. So that is great. Um, Let's roll into news because we have such a great interview coming up, but I want to make sure we touch on a couple of little news stories. One, you and I have been talking about this for weeks at this point, and I just so desperately want you to share the mix up on Facebook. Okay, so I guess now that Delaware Today came out, like, maybe I am a celebrity, um, but I think up until this point, I have been the least famous McBride in the state of Delaware, um, and I don't know, I don't, maybe I will continue to be so, um, but for those wondering, I'm not related to Burns and McBride, um, and I'm also not related to um, to Dave McBride, who was recently in the news um, for proposing that we get rid of daylight savings time in Delaware. Um, well, well, and not sort of that we get rid of it, but that we actually stay in daylight savings time all year. Yes. So whatever is happening during the summer, so this, this season we're in right now, that would be the timing we keep through the winter months as well. Yes. And I have, I have nothing personal to add to that um, because I'm, I'm not really, I don't know what's going on um, because I'm not actually related to, uh, to Dave McBride. Um, and then I'm also, uh, for Burns and McBride, I was recently tagged um, on a Facebook post. Um, it was one of those, I'm sure some of our listeners are, are in these um, groups where it's um, like a, a local Facebook group and people go there for recommendations and to, to share stories and to get news updates. Um, so I'm in it. And I just kind of I, I like I lurk in the background. Uh, if something comes up interesting, I'll pay attention. But I don't really. Um, I'm not there posting a lot myself. Um, but so it was kind of unusual when I got a notification um, that I was tagged in a message there, and I was like, oh, I, I wonder what this is about. Um, and then I found out that they were they were looking for security camera recommendations, which I didn't know Burns and McBride did. Um, but they they recommended uh, Burns and McBride, and they accidentally tagged me. Well, one day, maybe you'll be the most famous McBride oh, in Delaware. You. But until then, at least you're in good company. So with that, I think we're going we're gonna to roll you guys right into our conversation with the Empty Nest Nomads. So we really wanted to give you guys more Delawareans in the wild in 2019. And we're, we're doing it. This is our first one. So Jen and Keith are just an amazing, amazing couple. They retired, sold their home, and started traveling in an RV. Um, and they have their own unpaid intern. 
Zena, who travels with them. And so we had such a great time chatting with them and hearing their story and learning about life on the road for some Delawareans. So Dara and I already gave a short introduction, but Dee, why don't you let everybody know who we have on the episode with us? So we are joined by Jen and Keith, and they are the Empty Nest Nomads. And I believe that we found you two um, because Emily put out a call on um, social media. I think we were talking on Facebook. We were looking for some interesting Delawareans in the wild. So people who are from Delaware, um, although Keith, I believe, is originally from England. Um, Is that right? And um, yep. now you two are are traveling the country in a 43-foot fifth-wheel RV. I'm not an RV expert, um, but that seems like it's a very, very large vehicle. How did this come about? So I'm sure somebody jokingly said, what if we? And then at what point did it turn serious? And when did you sort of realize, like, this is something we're really going to do? Um, well, first of all, we've never gone camping in our lives. Uh, no. which what? is sort of our pattern of adventure. We, <laughs> we like to take on some, on things sometimes that we don't know anything about. Um, but so I retired in January of 2017, right? Right. And Keith at that point had, <clears throat> um, failed a retirement yeah. three, three times. I think I first retired in 2013, failed that one and then failed twice more before I ultimately stopped working. Yeah. So, uh, so I didn't. I didn't know retirement could be that difficult to accomplish. <laughs> well, we have five kids. Um, they are currently ages twenty-one to thirty-one, uh, but that's a lot of colleges to pay for. Um, but Keith worked um, thirty years at AstraZeneca, and when I did retire, um, I had put in um, nearly thirty years in the Delaware public school system. So, I'm a school administrator. I was a principal, um, and Keith was a um, chemist and scientist, and then eventually worked in project management, project management in AstraZeneca. Yeah. Um, yeah. So our, we both started consulting once we retired, and we're finding ourselves spending more time apart, retired, than when we were married, had two demanding careers and five kids. So we were like, well, this isn't kind of what we expected. No, I took a consulting job up in northern New Jersey. <clears throat> And so I was gone from Monday to Friday. Yeah. So, you know, that wasn't, that was, that was no good. Well, and, and, you know, when the kids were growing up, he would be away in Europe and all over the place in Asia. Um, But when I was home now, (laughs) instead of having a demanding career and just kind of consulting full time. So we also couldn't decide, as is, I'm guessing the case with many people our age, where we wanted to end up retired. So this whole journey has been about trying to pick a place that we want to be, whether we want a snowbird, meaning like you spend all of winter someplace warmer and then maybe come home to the Delaware beaches because we, um, for the past almost 20 years, have had a house in Dewey or Lewis, Delaware. Um, But we sold that when we left. Um, so we didn't know we wanted a snowbird or where we wanted to relocate, but we definitely wanted to be someplace where we weren't going to be dealing with snow. (laughs) And it kind of was like the end of the road for us last March, March of 2018. Um, we had gone away to see our youngest son who lives in Malibu, California for the whole month of February. We did like an Airbnb and we came back and we're like, oh, we missed all the bad snows. And then the month of March, we had five Northeasterns. So that kind of started us looking into, okay, what could we do to kind of get moving and to see the country? And that's part of it, too, is because Keith is from Europe. We've spent a lot of time abroad, but we hadn't spent much time right in the United States. <clears throat> looking around the United States. Yeah, and I think um, you drove across to California a couple of times. Right, to see our son. <laughs> and you saw, saw a lot of the country, which kind of opened your eyes a little bit about you know, what it would be like to, to go on the road with an RV. Right. Not that we had any idea what it would be like to go camping. <laughs> <clears throat> but the idea of having an RV, I mean, we it just we came no, out of the blue. I mean, had no clue. This wasn't a pre-planned thing. It's uh, We watched some videos. We watched a couple of YouTubers right. who had been doing it for a couple of years. And um, if we thought about it too much, we probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
And so you two have a, a hard stop, is that right? In August, you're supposed to meet up with friends in Seattle and go on right. an Alaskan yeah. cruise together? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And then so we don't plan after that, so who knows? Right. <laughs> will you will you go back on the road or by that point do you need to know where you're gonna be living? So so we actually do have a plan from now where we're in Florida. We actually leave here next week. Uh, all the way through to the end of August where we go to Alaska, as right. you just so said. So we still have, like, we're in Charleston. We do yeah. Yellowstone, Badlands, Yosemite, yeah. Lake Tahoe, Napa. Then we do July and August, the Pacific Northwest Coast. But we've decided that by that time, we've seen enough of the country right. that we should know where do we actually want to settle down. Right. At that point, we will have hit, we believe, 42 states out <laughs> right. of 50. Out of 51. Right. <laughs> that is a lot. Yeah. So um, you mentioned your youngest son is out in Malibu. And of course, you have four other children. So are they scattered across the U.S.? Have any of them jumped over to um, <laughs> Well, they've come to visit. Um, we did, knowing like this was going to be a major life change for them, um, we had rented a place in Las Vegas um, for two weeks um, over Christmas. And so the plan going in was for all of us to meet up in Las Vegas. Um, because I said, as I said, I think the 21 to 31, um, and some of them are married, but they, we don't have any grandkids yet. So we thought maybe this would be the only year Vegas would be the perfect Christmas. <laughs> That's right. Cause yeah. it might right. not work out well after that. Um, <laughs> so we did get to see everybody, but, um, our oldest lives in Malvern, Pennsylvania. Um, Shannon, she's a teacher. And then our son, Michael, lives in Northeast, and he's a chemist, like his father. Um, our daughter, Taylor, is the only one still in Delaware, and she's actually, she's um, in medical school, and she's doing her residency at Christiana Care, so she's working in the system there. Um, and then Zane um, is our son, who has lived in Philadelphia since he, he is a um, sound engineer, but uh, Friday, getting a bit of our adventuresome spirit, he tomorrow. Tomorrow, he is driving cross country to go to a job working in a studio in Los Angeles. Yeah. So our two youngest will be living in California, and actually they're going to be roommates right. there. And he's stopping up at the Grand Canyon on the way. Yeah. <laughs> and so our youngest, our youngest Quinn is in Malibu, um, and he is our happiest child. Right. <laughs> he just gets up and surfs, and he's I don't know how. He was just born to be in California. He right. loves life there. Right. Uh, so they're really kind of all over the place. Is there anything that you miss about being in Delaware? Uh, not the snow, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I often, I, I can only speak to me, but I, I miss my friends, um, my girlfriends. You know, I, I, I miss being able to, I miss the gym. I miss. Yeah, the Delaware yeah. beaches. We love the Delaware beaches. Dewey Beach. We had a place there for a while. I miss Lewis. the routine. Yeah. I miss the routine of like. Um, you know, and I, and I miss knowing everything, you know, you go, because we move every two to four weeks, you know, I could go to the grocery store there and know people or, you know, we had a local butcher, you had a local gym, <clears throat> like people don't realize when you go on the road, they think it's such a great adventure. And, and it is in many ways, but like, I don't have a doctor. <laughs> and we lived, we lived near the canal, the CMD canal. Right. And Schaefer's. So we, we miss Schaefer's all we, the time. We, yeah, we do. <laughs> and uh, I used to go biking along the canal sometimes with friends from one end to the other to um, to uh, uh, Delaware City. Yeah. I can't remember the name. Um, and, you know, that was really cool. That's beautiful there. But Delaware, was, I think Delaware is small enough where you can know so many people yeah. without not always feeling like you're living on top of um, right. one another like you do in some big cities right. so I think I think there's a lot of things that we miss but I, I think we most most you know the idea of being part of a community mm -hmm. yeah so that's we've certainly discovered that being on the road we've actually made some really good friends on the road and uh, but some places you know kind of more lonely than others, shall we say? Yeah, well, I mean, like we're here in Destin. It's a beautiful place. The Gulf of Mexico's clear yeah. water and white sands. But people aren't terribly friendly no. in this stuff. No. So when you started Empty Nest Nomads, the, mm -hmm. the blog and then the video blog series on YouTube, were you doing that because you just wanted to have fun with the adventure or were you doing it because you were trying to keep in touch with those um, friends and family that were scattered? I think we were kind of inspired by 
a lot of other RVers that we'd followed on YouTube and Instagram and we'd learn from them. I think largely that the reason that I was willing to do it was really for the kids um, and, and for our friends. I mean, you know, as a principal, my staff, I had schools along the way in my career and I've kept in touch with many, many of them kind of as they've grown up. And so, you know, they're kind of like an extended family and they wanted to know what we were doing. Right. They follow um, us. Yeah. I mean, it's not something I think uh, I don't plan to be on social media like to this degree for the rest of my life. <laughs> Uh, because, you know, it's Sunday night or Saturday night and I don't want to have to be like, oh, my God, what have we done this week? Do we have enough to make a video? And sometimes yeah. on a Friday or a Saturday, we're like, OK, this is a, this is almost like having a job, yeah. you know, making a video that goes out. Well, like today, I mean, we knew it was going to rain today, although it still hasn't rained. Um, so we stayed in all, <clears throat> all day. I did music. Jen did some editing. So we spent a lot of time indoors doing that right. I mean, we usually spend, it usually takes us somewhere between eight to 10 hours to make an eight to 10 minute video. Because um, Keith does all the music and, um, you know, that's quite a little ordeal. Um, and we're only in, I mean, we went from 5,500 square foot house in Delaware to 500 square feet. Yeah. So we also don't really have much like alone area. So if I want to work on a video, like I have to make him lock himself in the bedroom to do music. <laughs> that's right. So you know, it's that takes some getting used to. Um. So our intern has a question. Oh, okay. Um, my my dog Nutmeg is the unpaid intern for the podcast, <laughs> and she was wondering if you have an unpaid intern that you could outsource some work to. Uh, we do have an unpaid intern, and it's funny because it just started to thunder. So the our unpaid intern, Zena, who is our rescue road dog, has just, like, inundated us with her because she thunder freaks her out. So she's shaking underneath the table where we're sitting. Yeah. Um, but that's been sort of an interesting thing to find different places as we've gone that were dog friendly and not so dog friendly. Mm -hmm. um, like New Mexico, for example, and California are some of the friendliest dog places we have been um, in, in Arizona, too. Yep. We stayed in a place in Arizona for six weeks who had more. I think they had more dog facilities than people facilities. It was it was really cool. <laughs> it really was. That's and true. then there's other places where. Um, dogs aren't terribly welcome. They say dog friendly, but I don't know what they expect you to do with your dog, but walking your dog and playing with your dog doesn't seem to fit into their agenda. But as far as outsourcing her, she's good for a cute picture, um, some occasional video. Uh, I guess she's a good, uh, security feature. Mm -hmm. She might bark if you come in, but if you, um, offered to let her lick you, you probably would be able to rob us blind. <clears throat> She keeps the place free of squirrels, too. Yes. <laughs> well, that, you know, we all need a little bit of that. <laughs> right. um, so did you, you said she was a rescue. So did you rescue her in Delaware? We did. We, or, we did. Okay. So, um, and then how long have you had her? Like, is she really your adventure dog? Or has she, has she also known the quiet home life? She's known the quiet life of Bay Point. Um, but so... I guess we had her four years before we left. Mm -hmm. um, our dogs, um, we, when actually I had started to run a couple of years ago and the kids and Keith, you know, the kids were gone or in college and Keith was traveling. And so I was running along the Chesapeake Canal there where they had, um, I don't even know what they call it, that whole, it's like the Bob Carpenter runway. It's all along the, the CMD Canal there. And um, mm -hmm. they were freaking out because they were thought it was, you know, I was going to be um, accosted. And they were like, you need a dog. And so I went and rescued her. Um, and she's been an awesome dog. She's a combination. She has, she's a boxer. She's mostly a boxer. She's a tiny bit probably a pit bull in her and Sharpay. So she looks like a boxer with like excessive skin. Um, but she's a, she's a really good dog. Mm -hmm. She really is. Nutmeg has a friend who is a sharp hit as well. So, <laughs> oh, is that right? Um, yeah. So, and he is he is a cool dog. He is like the largest, beefiest thing, but also has a smushed up face. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's a handsome guy. That King Tut. That's <laughs> name. Great name. So we um 
We definitely, I mean, she's been the adventure dog. I guess we started out realizing she would be okay because she drove across country with me to see our youngest son, Quinn. So her and I had been... Well, you did the driving, I think. Yeah, well, most of us, yeah. <laughs> so her and I drove across country twice because um, we drove Quinn out to live there in Malibu. Right. And then we went to visit him, and she was cool with that. So she's a good co-pilot. She, lo- she loves the car. She does love the car. She really does. Um, and, and she's good at adjusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we try really hard to be cognizant of that she needs exercise. She's not, you know, she's a 55-pound dog. It's not like we have some little dog that doesn't really need a lot of exercise. We try and wear her out each and every day to honor what yeah. she needs. Um, but um, she's really good about adjusting to things. I think the kids might miss her more than they miss us. <laughs> it's possible. Just saying. Well, it's harder to talk on the phone to your dog. I, I, I can understand that. <laughs> right. Um, so it sounds like she's adjusted to this lifestyle, but for the two of you, obviously this isn't, this isn't permanent, but what have been the things that have surprised you both good and bad? Hmm. <clears throat> um, I think good have been, um, just realizing that there's pretty amazing places to see in this country. I think, um, you know, I grew up on a farm in Pennsylvania and for me, I just thought that everybody, everything kind of looked the same as it did in Pennsylvania and later in Delaware, you know, and, and I thought Europe and going to places because I got to travel with Keith was exciting, but seeing this country, like seeing the Grand Canyon, we, uh, we went to the Albuquerque, balloon festival um this this fall and that was like uh, just unbelievable Uh, going to the rio grande in texas was amazing um you know just being in colorado when it snowed i'm not a big fan of of snow but being in colorado when it snows is very different yeah um, the bad i mean it's it can be stressful especially moving day everybody in the (laughs) rv commuting hates moving day and when you have as we do a, a a 43-foot fifth wheel that weighs 24,000 pounds. Hooking it up and moving it is um, is is stressful, you know, <laughs> and uh, we got to make sure we're, that we're on a, a road that doesn't have any low bridges. Uh, we can't get stuck in, a, you know, uh, small roads because it's hard to turn around. So, you know, we hate moving day. <laughs> but in between moving day, it's great. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's just there's definitely – I think some other good things have been just meeting people from all over the country. Yeah, we now have yeah. we have friends from pretty much all over the country yeah. that we've met um, and been neighbors with. And then sometimes you have neighbors if you watch some of our videos. <laughs> then you sometimes have neighbors <laughs> in these campgrounds and you're like, is somebody video, is this, you know, am I being punked? <laughs> like, is this a video that um, somebody is videotaping what's happening? Because sure. there, if you ever saw uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, we've had a couple of Cousin Eddies that have stayed uh, mm-hmm. with us, and that's been very interesting. Yeah, so so one good and bad together was uh, we were staying on the Atlantic Coast in Palm Coast in Florida. Right, which and, is like Ormond Beach, Daytona Beach area. Yeah. And we were literally on the beach. I mean, we we could reach out and touch the beach from from which we're is on the beach. Yeah, so which is amazing, you know. And you I, think it, you'd love to live on the beach? I think we've spent right our whole adult lives trying to think we needed to save enough money to buy beachfront. Right, and then a big storm hit while we're on the beach, and we got covered in sand and salt. Uh, which made us realize we don't want to live that close to the beach permanently. Right. It, it cured us. It probably saved us hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, just the corrosion you get, even in a couple of days. But uh, but it was beautiful there. It no, really it was. really was. But it, it's those kind of things that we've learned about. Because yeah. you can move your house. You know, you can't really move your right. house once you buy, like, a bricks-and-mortar house. You know, and when we first started off, you got to be very aware of the weather. I mean, we have a pretty heavy rig. Yeah, so you remember last year there was a couple of hurricane, uh, bad hurricanes in, in Florida. We had to adjust our plans to avoid yeah. those hurricanes. Um, and, in fact, we were in Panama City Beach um, for a while, like 10 days. Right. And then we left, and three it was like three weeks yeah, later. I didn't think it was that. It was, it was a when really – When Michael hit. It was when Michael hit. So you really got to watch out for the weather. Yeah. 
Well, and Steph, and Steph you just, that's our dog. Um, <laughs> Steph, you've never even thought about before. I mean, you know, that you, you have to think about not only where, what the weather's going to be like, but like things like, I've never thought about elevation. <laughs> like it's never even occurred to me before. Right. But when we were, when we're getting ready to pull through Colorado and head up towards Zion, you know, you're pulling 24,000 pounds. I drove a Mercedes before this. <laughs> like, uh, it isn't anything I'm yeah. remotely familiar with. And, right. you know, it's not like Keith drove an 18-wheeler. He was a chemist. So, you know, it's definitely been a learning curve. It's <laughs> yes, definitely it been. And technology has been great. Like, we do things yeah. like we try and take advantage of technology. Like, all the tires in the rig all have what's called a tire minder because you have what do, you, what do we have? How many pressures. tires do we have? One, two, six. three, four. No, no, no. We have eight on the rig. Eight on the rig and six on the truck. So, like, we have 12 tires to monitor in the whole thing. Um, so, I mean, that enough is enough to make me have an anxiety attack <laughs> if I really give it too much thought. <laughs> you know? like, but technology makes it so that we can yeah. I can monitor that on my phone. So, those are good things. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was watching some of the videos that you've done where you've responded to questions from um, some from some of your followers. And um, Jen, I noticed that people were curious what you could cook in an RV. And mm-hmm. I saw that you cannot make your own pasta anymore, but you can grow <laughs> your own herbs. That's right. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I have a grow light here in the RV. Um, and... So, like, currently I have parsley, I have mint, I have oregano, and I have basil going. Um, and some of that is to cook with, but largely it's to keep, we're in 500 square feet. So Zena's breath, <laughs> I put um, lots of herbs in her food so that, because she doesn't brush her teeth very often, we've <laughs> not managed to figure that out. Um, so fresh herbs are part, they're good for her um, digestion, but also good for her breath, for her breath. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I certainly don't have, I love to cook and I can't cook everything. Like tonight, um, I used my, um, air fryer. Um, and that's always nice, but it's the kind of thing where like, it's bulbous. I mean, it's, it's a big item. It's probably 12 inches by 10 inches. So it's a big item to keep around. Um, but that and my one pot I use a lot, which is kind of like a, a complicated crock pot. Um, but I miss like rolling out pasta. I miss, you know, baking. Um, you know, I mean, I have an oven, but it's very small. And I miss a dishwasher. Oh, we don't have a dishwasher either. So, so yeah, so, I cook Keith clean. So I'm oh. the dishwasher. <laughs> yeah there's a dishwasher so i'm looking forward when we eventually find a a house to have a dishwasher that would be so awesome that would be that'd be good (laughs) i mean we as far as like roughing it um you know it's not like camping like i picture probably our parents camping you know like i have a regular size refrigerator it's you know it's i have a full-size freezer i have an ice maker um, we do have a grill outside. We have a grill use. outside, but I don't have, you know, like a food processor. I don't have a pasta maker. I don't have um, like an oven that has significant room, you know, room in it. Um, but so I don't, I do miss cooking. I do miss pieces of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith, definitely when I do cook, which, you know, like, you know, tonight we did stuff in the, um, air fryer and then I made couscous and asparagus you know but like everything takes a lot of dishes because yeah. you're you don't have any of the sort of conveniences you had in your house right. and then also talking about what each one of you does so Keith is is the driver and are, are you um, the the co-pilot and and map directions person <laughs> I drive sometimes I don't drive very often only because he makes him so anxious for me to drive. Um, but I don't mind driving and I can drive. I have driven in the past. Yeah. Um, he actually gets really and has always gotten 
very car sick when he's a passenger. Yeah, I'm not a good passenger. He's not a good passenger. For, for many reasons. But, and uh, uh, I like to drive too. I don't mind it. And when we drive, we, you know, we've learned that you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't really drive more than, I don't know, about five or six hours on the road a day. At a time. Well, at a time. At a we've time. driven more than that. We have. But yeah, when we first started out, we thought we could conquer the world. And we were driving like the first day we drove like 12 four, hours. No, it was, over, it was almost 14. Yeah, it was, um, it was which is time. not a good, good practice. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so I can drive and I have driven. Yeah. Um, like I said, I grew up on a farm, so like it's not very. <laughs> actually, I'm probably a little bit more comfortable than Keith is, but he's actually great at it now. Um, although he certainly worries more about stuff than I do. <laughs> we have a lot of books, you know, like we have this book called Next Exit, and it like literally tells you every place on the planet you can get gas and how big a rig they can take. And we have like different apps that tell us um, what the height of every bridge in America is. <laughs> like, and sometimes we will have multiple GPSs on so that if one of them kind of deviates from another one, we know there's something up. <laughs> so I don't know how far back you watched our video. So one of our first videos, we got lost. Uh, actually, when we left Panama City, Florida, uh, we got in lost in Mississippi, in Tupelo, Mississippi. Um, because we drove too long and it was the night and sometimes campgrounds will give you an address, but they should instead, some of the better campgrounds give you like a latitude and longitude instead, which is probably a better idea. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we ended up in a cotton field <laughs> in the middle of Mississippi in the middle of the night. Oh it was gosh. one of it the was... most terrifying experiences <laughs> yes, of my yeah. life. Yeah. Um, I would probably... Much rather end up in the bucket in Wilmington than I would in a cotton field in Mississippi. Um, it was it was really so, it was very scary. So what I do now when we're kind of planning the trip, I actually look at the satellite map. Yeah, Google Earth. So you can actually see where the entrance is and make sure it lines up with where a GPS think it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that works out good. Yeah, we've learned lots of things. And yeah. when the sun came up, so the funny part of that story is that. Um, I got out because Keith was like, oh, we'll just back up the road two miles. Um, and I got out and I kept telling him something's watching me. He was like, you're just, babe, it's your anxiety. You're, and I'm like, no, babe, there's like things watching me. I felt like I was in some kind of Blair Witch Project movie or something. And in the morning when I got up, I was not crazy. Um everywhere around us were all of these steer steer. (laughs) I was like they were watching me it wasn't my imagination Um, but we met the farmer and the farmer tended to be a very nice guy and he said oh yeah this happened before before. (laughs) what we ended up doing was we ended up turning off our truck and literally coming in the RV pulling our steps up because who knew where we'd literally I don't even know how to compare it to anything it would be like being on a plane and landing and like pulling up, never ever taking a step down to depart. Right. So we pulled the steps up and we just like hid out in the RV. Because added security. There was, I mean, there was no, at that time there was no moon, there was no anything. So literally it was. And it was very hot. So we learned that we need to do research to make sure that where our GPS is. Yeah. It was an interesting endeavor. I heard that you also, you try to avoid the pitfalls of being a tourist. So you try to, like, when you visit a place, you want to get a sense of it locally. Like, what are your travel tips for other people who, you know, when they, they don't want to just, like, visit a place, but they really want to experience it? So the Aaron Ross. Yeah, I, I think, um, so a couple of things. One is, I think, um, grocery shop. I know that sounds really strange. But um, getting a sense, going to the grocery store, like the local grocery store, and just getting a sense of, you know, talking to people there and like talking to the lady at the deli and talking to people there, you'd be amazed at what you learn from the grocery store. That and Keith was saying Aaron Rose. So we were in New Orleans. Right. And, you know, New Orleans, we were in New Orleans in um, Mardi Gras, and it was crazy. Right. And we found this... Uh tiny little Irish bar, very close to uh, Bourbon Street. Right, French Quarters. And uh, we uh, we went there, we made friends with all the people behind the bar. Right. And we went back multiple times, so they 
you know, they, they were very they nice They sort of to adopt us. you. Well, and I mean, that is the beauty of a happy hour is, is that right. if you go more than once and you start talking to people, it's, it's very much like the rules of Dewey, Delaware are very much like national rules. Um, you know, like we, you get to know people and they tell you things like right. wh- when you should go to the beach and when you should not go to the beach and what areas of the beach you should go to. And, and it was right. really helpful to us for Mardi Gras. Cause we were like, yeah. two very lost people among chaos. We took, a, we took Zena there too. Yeah. And, uh, and I love Zena. Yeah, that, so helps. that is kind of a cool, there are, you know, on, in Delaware, they have, I guess, I don't really even know what the laws are. I don't think we ever tried to take our dog to a bar. Did we? No. But we found a lot of places where a dog is welcome. <laughs> we took it a Schaefer's once or twice. Once or twice outside, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But um, in actually in Mar- in New Orleans, we took her to all the bars with us. Was, <laughs> yeah. We like didn't need to pretend she was a service animal or anything. Like they just, it's just a different way of life. But I, as far as other people, I think um, talking, um, going to the grocery store, um, and and I just think asking and being honest with people, like you know, like my go-to line is if I was your sister what would you tell me to do <laughs> and Keith's always like he always rolls his eyes when I do that but I think it makes like this emotional connection to people and they're like oh like she's like if you were my sister well you said sister so now I don't know what to do like <laughs> right. um and that's always both I think that that's that's been good for us mm-hmm. it's, it's helped us get people to give us some good advice you know like where not to go at night um like somebody told us you know, you can go into the French Quarter, but Uber back, mm. stuff like that, like where you wouldn't normally know that unless you had been there and, and things had gone down badly. Um, so, but I, I, Keith always laughs at me, but I always think the grocery and the dog park, going to the dog park and talking to people because mm-hmm. like dog people talk to other dog people. So I had this app actually, it's called Fido. Uh, bring Fido. Yeah. Bring Fido. That's the best app in the world. Because it gives you the local dog parks. So there hasn't been any state we've been to where Dina hasn't gone to like two or three of the nearby dog parks. Um, even when we have a dog park right in the RV park. And people at dog parks, they talk to other dog people. And that's been really super helpful too. Mm-hmm. Um, even like when we needed a doctor, you know, which is one of the hard things about being on the road. God forbid you get sick. Um, I needed this, <laughs> this last time. I lost a filling. You know, and we were like, okay, we're going to be on the road. And so we will miss one cleaning for, because we're going to be on the road for a year. But, um, you know, you don't expect to like go missing. So Keith tortured me and had been forcing me to eat these candies. What were they called? Oh, right. Um, these very sticky, yummy candies. Yeah, I, was, I really forced He it, tortured right. me, uh, made me eat them. I don't remember, but they were very good. Um, but it pulled out my filling. So I had to go to a dentist and I ended up having to get two root canals. You know, I had to get root canals with a man I've never met. (laughs) Like, so we had no relationship at all. So the dog park, like somebody suggested a dentist. As silly as that sounds, you know, it was better than just sort of like opening up the yellow pages. You know, we looked in Yelp and stuff, but like having a person say, oh, you know, I went to so-and-so and they were really good. And at least you had like a person that gave you some sort of testimonial, um, But medical care, it's one of those things that you don't want to, I mean, it's nice if somebody suggests a place to eat or drink, but when you're talking about dental care, you kind of want to have some kind of quality control piece in there. So it sounds like you guys often are staying at campgrounds, um, but I know Dara, she dug up that you guys stay at wineries. We do. Yeah, we we actually joined a program called Harvest Host, and Harvest it's you pay a kind of it's not really very much it's a yearly fee, and they basically have a, a relationship with all these wineries, uh, all these farms, distilleries. Uh, distilleries, and actually golf courses too, and. Basically, nationwide, there's like almost three thousand right yeah. now. Yeah, we have an app. Oh wow! Okay. So, like, you know, when we go to Charleston, we're going from here to Charleston. That's too much in one day. So we look on the app from Harvest Toast, and we see there's a winery kind of halfway, and they don't have any services typically. You know, there's no there's no electric or anything, so you have to use a generator. But you basically pull in, um, park there for the night. You use your own generator, and uh, 
the only thing they really expect is you go in and drink some wine, you know, and uh, if they force us, we go in and drink some wine. But... <laughs> if, if you have to sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. You know. Well, and some of them are really cool. I, I mean, it's yeah. the distilleries are really neat. We, um, we, they just added the golf course element. And so we haven't been to a golf course yet. We're going from, when we go from Indiana to Montana, we're, we're headed towards Yellowstone or Wyoming. Um, we're staying at our first golf course. And I call, I got in contact with the, um, I guess the golf pro runs it. And he was like, would you guys, you, you know, do you guys want to, are you interested in having <laughs> massages at our spa? I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. You know, like, if we must, I guess we'll sacrifice but, an hour for that. It's called boondocking. You don't have services. But lots of our friends do it, and they do it. Just for one night. They do it for one or two nights. Yeah. But they oftentimes do it in a Walmart parking lot or in like a, a rest area. A rest area. And I am not comfortable with the security in those places. I don't know if it was having been a principal for too long and I'm just seeing the, some of the worst of what society might bring to random travelers, but um, it feels very safe to say in someone's, you know, at the winery or at the golf course. Right. Plus they're really beautiful. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, walking Zena through the winery as a, you know, through the vineyards and stuff as the sun's going down, like you, I, I just, I feel like we're very lucky to be mm -hmm. doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, and if if you want me to have a massage, I'm willing to do that out of the goodness of my heart. <laughs> or a few glasses of wine, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're doing we're we're saying it a couple of them as we kind of crisscross around the country to go out to the uh, north Pacific Northwest this year. So um, Kentucky and South Dakota, we're saying mm -hmm. a winery, distillery, a golf course. Um, and we've actually turned some of our friends on to it. We have um, suggested to them a good friend of ours um, who's originally from California, ChasingWow.com, um, that we met in Texas. He just stayed at a peach farm. Right. And then he stayed in at Georgia. A, in Georgia. Right. And then he stayed at a llama farm. So, you know, just cool experiences that you wouldn't expect to have. And it doesn't cost you anything. The expectation is that you're respectful of their property. And if they sell, you know, good or a service that you might buy it. Mm -hmm. So Harvest Toast, it's a pretty cool, it's, mm -hmm. it's a neat thing. How big is your, like, your RV friend community? Like, are, are you running into people that you met at one stop and another stop? Are you, like, it sounds like you're getting recommendations from some people. You know, um, we are, you know, RV people are, for the most part, very friendly. And it's kind of a difference between people who live full time and like what we kind of call weekend warriors. So we have some online groups. Um, we own a particular brand called Lux, Augusta Lux. And so that's been a great source for uh, resource for us because everybody will tell you never to buy a new RV because what you're getting is all these problems. Yeah, one of the things we've seen is, you know, if, you, if you're in the RV community very long, you realize that almost all of them are kind of the same color, pretty much. So it's very hard to remember an individual RV unless it stands out. So ours is purple. Purple and green. <laughs> so everybody recognizes ours. Because yeah, <laughs> it's the only purple RV. Now, there was one uh, camper though that, that uh, was a coach. That we bumped into oh, yeah, they had a in, um, it was the Blue Festival in Albuquerque. Festival. And then again, in, and then again in, in, in Big Bend Grand. in Texas, which is a long way apart. And because they had this beautiful artwork on the side, which was yeah. very noticeable. But usually you, it's hard to spot them. Yeah. They spot us. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that's been unusual for yeah. us in a way. Um, I mean, we don't pretend in any way, shape, or form that we're famous, but we kind of have this strange, like, not strange following, but so. When we get places, it's always shocking to me that people will like um, come up and they'd be like, "Oh my God, you're the emptiness nomads," and we're like, "What?" <laughs> you know, and it is written on the side. Don't get me wrong; like it's on the side of our. And we oftentimes will get a Facebook notification from somebody as they're driving, like in back of us. They're like, right. "Hey, we're in back of you on Route 10 in Texas." And, we'll, and since we've been here, we've had a couple of people saying we're in the same campground. Yeah, and they want to like sometimes they want to meet up for a drink, or they were like, "Can we stop by?" Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's neat. But as far as making friends, we have we. Um, We've made some some pretty cool people yeah. that like we wouldn't have run into otherwise. We were in um, Palm 
uh, Palm Coast, and we were going to go to Daytona Bike Week, which is sort of a little out of our comfort zone. Um, and we ended up camping next to a couple that owned a Harley Davidson um, shop. Uh, right. They sold Harley Davidson. It was, you know, it was a, you know, it was a big shop in Virginia. And he'd been to Bike Week 24 times. Yeah. And they, and so they took us. So we had a guided tour. Yeah. Um, we met up with this couple. And we couple, stay in touch with them. We met up with a couple from Miami when we were in Arizona. A couple of couples. Um, yeah. One from Michigan, one from Ohio, one right. from Miami. And we've all kind of stayed in touch. And we're all going to go on this cruise um, in Alaska. Together, yeah. Um, and then, we, you know, we sort of, because we're older and every once in a while you run into some younger full timers. God bless them because they have their kids with them. And we're looking at them like, Oh my God, we can't even imagine what it's like to have your kids on the road and be doing this. Um, but uh, like the, the wonderlust folks and they have their little boy Caspian with us and we've run into them, you know, and they're planning to homeschool him and, you know, it's just a very different yep. lifestyle. Um, but they're, People are so willing to help. Like we've had different mechanical issues, <laughs> like our inverter went, so which meant our refrigerator um, turned off, and that was a crisis in and of itself. There's always somebody around you that knows. Somebody that has tools. It's happened somebody to them, has been you know? there, or you post something yep. on, you know, one of the groups you're on on Facebook, and they're so helpful. We couldn't get our satellite down the other day, and. I said to Keith, let's just post, you know, we try and solve it ourselves or Google it and look it up. And then finally I'm like, let's post something. And within like literally a half an hour, we probably had 17 or 18 responses yeah. with people saying, this has happened to me and this is what I've done. Um, and it's so helpful. It's, I, I never feel like we're like alone. No, no. Even though we will not meet many of the people. Yeah. Many of the people <laughs> that have helped us will never actually no. physically meet. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, I, I think this would be a much different experience without technology or social media. Right. We might kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> Great to hear that you guys have found this RV community, both in person and online. Um, we love when people are just connecting over something that they're all passionate about in this case, maybe RV repairs. Um, but I was wondering for all of your travels, you have been to so many places, you're going to so many more do you have anything that you do at every stop? Something like you have a keychain from everywhere or there's some sort of specific photo or pose that you guys do? Well, I would say we've been to happy hour in the 33 <laughs> states we have been in. That's right. Well, happy hour is universal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that that is the case. Um, we definitely, well, we've made a video in every place that we've been. We yeah. haven't skipped any place that we haven't kind of like you know, commemorated it without making a video. Um, as far we oh, definitely have pictures everywhere, but stickers. So we have we we have a sticker, at least one sticker from every place. Sometimes it's really hard to decide what sticker we're going to do because if you're somewhere like four right. weeks, like we haven't decided on our sticker here. No, but that that's become a tradition. We pick up yeah. a sticker everywhere we go. Yeah. Um. So like when we were in Daytona Beach, we ended up we went back and forth. Um about what sticker and we ended up with the uh wwjbd what would jimmy buffett do um <laughs> because we toured the over 55 new jimmy buffett community latitude. in daytona latitude yeah. Yeah. um you know kind of looking into our options um and and is it is it gonna make the short list it is definitely making the short list. Right. Um, okay. It is, okay. I, That's probably, exciting to hear. It's on the pro, it's on the top of Keith's list by far. <laughs> um, the short list right now is Keith, Florida, Florida, and Florida. He loves Florida. I love Florida. And Jen's list is I love Nevada. I love um, outside of Lake Mead. It's a place called Lake Las Vegas, which isn't in Las Vegas, but is outside of Las Vegas, right next to Lake Mead. I love it there, and I love Arizona. Um, so those are kind of the short list right now. Yeah. Daytona Beach, the Jimmy Buffett over 55 community, and then the two Northwest areas. But we're still kind of open-minded about everything. Yeah. I mean, we, what, you know, when we're traveling and we cross the state line, we always try to take a picture. And it's amazing how much reaction we get. Yeah. <laughs> to well, how many just a picture of this, you know, the, the Texas state, sign right? or whatever. You know, uh, so we do do that. Well, and we have, I mean, there's places that we loved, but we, we know we couldn't live there. Right. Like we loved Lake of the Ozarks. 
like our draw there was a TV show on Netflix, Ozarks. Um, and we loved it. Yes. But the winners there, just talking to people that live there, like we're like, Oh, if Delaware is not our cup of tea for the winter time, there's no way this is right. And New Mexico, we love the Santa Fe area, the art, the culture there. The food. The food. If you're a foodie, like Santa Fe is an amazing place. But it's like, I even looked today, it was 38 degrees. Yeah. I mean, you know, so. It's pretty high up. So. Right. Yeah. I never thought about elevation and altitude before. Um, But yeah, I, I think that, so the stickers have definitely been something to kind of like have one little unique memory from each place and and you know when we produce the videos we try try to do something that might be um especially with the music significant to that area so with new orleans we try to do some kind of new orleans blues jazzy stuff uh we did things like that keith is a musician um he he probably pretended to be a scientist for 30 years and (laughs) was secretly a rock star so he produces all the music for our videos so it's I mean, that's like a big piece of it. We have a very musical family. Um, our middle son is a sound engineer, and he's a professional drummer. Um, all of our kids at one point played an instrument or sang or something. Mom has no talent at all. But um, but you can cook. I can. Well, and I learned to edit when I was a principal, actually, yeah. when I was a principal at Baltz Elementary School in Ellesmere. Um, we didn't have a budget that really allowed for us to like send out for social media to make videos. And so I started to learn my assistant principal and I started to learn so that we could put stuff out and not spend the money. So, um, the combination of the two, um, but it, it's definitely, so I think looking back, that'll be kind of fun. Um, we have a great record. Yeah. Of what we've done and what we've seen. We really do. And it has made us meet people. I mean, even to the point where it's a little strange sometimes because you know, Southern hospitality is a little different than, not that we're far up north in Delaware, but we're a little bit more northern. So people don't mind down here in the South knocking on the door and being like, are you the infamous nomads? And I'll be like, <laughs> um, I'm in my bathrobe. <laughs> I'm like, I am, but I don't really want to answer my door right now. <laughs> so, you know. Kind oh, of- oh, we were sitting outside just last night and there's a really nice uh, uh, family across from, from yeah. us from North Carolina. And he was cooking up a storm yeah, he outside. he made hush puppies and all kinds of stuff. And, and he, he brought over us, food. He brought us two food. plates. And he was like, you're the emptiness nomad. We fed the emptiness nomads. I'm like, dear Lord, you know that we're not anyone. <laughs> but it's kind of cute. I mean, yeah. and it does help keep us going because there are times where we miss the kids a lot. We yeah. definitely miss the kids. Yeah. And um, just the consistency. We need to um, but we'll be back in Delaware hopefully mid-September um, we're going to stop back you know just because by that time we'll be gone over a year and we really want to get back with our family and friends to so at least spend a couple weeks there right and Joe Biden will be running for president by then and we'll have to hop on that bandwagon right <laughs> yeah he's, he's been out and about in Delaware today so he was seen in trolley getting pizza and all over the place um so uh, we're actually about out of time we have chatted for quite a while so we're gonna just wrap up with two last questions so I noticed at the end of um each video you do the signature sign off of empty nest nomads out and then you do like the the horn signature how did you come up like does that did you talk that out or did it just come up that that's your your signature sign off and and move um that was our attempt to be cool (laughs) you know and you really don't even know what cool is anymore. And it really was a thing that our kids were like, that's so not cool. And we were like, oh, well, then we certainly need to continue to do that. <laughs> yeah. um, it, we, we do it on Instagram. We learned early on, if we try to kind of plan things out video-wise too much, it looks staged and kind of awful. So we, we try to keep it light. And sometimes we'll do multiple takes. And we often laugh more on the third take than the first take. Yeah. So we'll pick that one. <laughs> and, and so sometimes if you see the credits, if you stay around long enough, you'll see our outtakes, <laughs> which are even more amusing. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think we've, you know, in addition to that, we always say continue to have safe travels. Thanks for hanging out with us. Because it's true. Like we, 
on top of everything else, you know, after you've driven 30,000 miles, you know, we have seen, you know, people lose their rigs and topple the rigs over. And so we're, you know, we're, we are very glad to be safe. And, and we know how lucky we are to have the opportunity to do this, that we've kind of made ourselves fiscally at a point in our lives that we have this opportunity. And um, so, you know, but yeah, it's mostly just to embarrass our own children. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to promise to to say goodbye to us in your special way when we, when we close out the episode. Where can people find you to follow your journey? And we always post links, but for some people, they just like to hear it on the episode too. So Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, what's your website, everything. So I'm not very good at keeping up with the website. I used to blog um, quite a bit, but actually um, I'm a, I'm a former English teacher um, who then became a school principal, but I have been writing my first novel. So I have not been blogging um, because when I found that I was getting a little bored, um, my kids have been like, well, you have time to write now. So they've been very encouraging. So the best place to find us is Instagram. Um, Almost every day we try and post because our kids tell us, our daughter, who's very busy in medical school and and doing her residency, she was like, I never feel like you're very far away because I know what you're doing because you spend 50 seconds every morning telling me. And the best way is just to search for Empty Nest Nomad on Instagram. Or on YouTube. Or on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitter. Yeah. But we don't There's nobody else it. out there. All right. But Instagram um, quite a bit and, and definitely. And Zena doesn't have her own channel, but people have re- requested it. I just don't know <laughs> that I have the heart for her to get her own channel. So, yeah, they definitely, you can find out what we're doing just about every day of the week <laughs> on Instagram, whether you want to know or not. <laughs> that is good to hear. Well, we are going to let you guys get us get us out of this episode so you want to give your signature sign off sure we hope everybody continues to have safe travels thanks for hanging out with us emptiness nomads out. out